If a Yid sells himself as a slave to a Goy, which is discussed in this week's Pasha, Zak the Pasik, the Pasik tells us, he can be redeemed. One of his brothers can redeem him. Or perhaps his uncle. I ben daidai, or the son of his uncle, his cousin, Yigalenu can redeem him. I mishab or another relative, and so on. I he or then it concludes with or he himself will get a hold of the money to be able to redeem himself. from the order in which the Pasuk presents it which starts with one of his brothers or his uncle or his cousin or somebody, some other more distant relative we learn from there as a karev karev kaidim that the Torah expects that the closer relative should be the first to try to redeem him if he's unable to if he doesn't have the money to do it then a more distant cousin but it's always the responsibility of the closest relatives and it works out from there the Karabas is Nenta, the relative that is the closest, is a Friyitzagayl's Anim Ebed. He is first, he has the first responsibility to redeem this slave from a guy. Dafen Fashtain, so we have to understand. Number one, then the Nimkil Anachri Alain is an Amatsafani Siga Yadai, if the person who himself was sold as a slave, the slave himself, if he has the means to redeem himself, is obviously he would come first he would come before any other relative having to redeem him if he can afford it himself of course he should do it himself and since the Pasuk is listing the, the relatives according to the order of who should come first to redeem him then the very first person on the list should have been, if he himself could afford it, he should do it himself. That would have been the first one in order. And only after that, if he himself can't afford it, so then it goes out to one of his brothers, or his uncle, why does it say, if he himself can afford it, only after it lists the different relatives that would be in order to redeem it. Number two, we have to understand, since the Pasuk lists a number of different relatives, when an Asedif in the order of who is closest to him as a relative, the very first one should have been his father, if his own father can afford can afford to redeem him. Because he is even closer than a brother. A father is of course closer than a brother. Be the din by as we see from the laws of inheritance, as of that if somebody dies and he doesn't have any children, so the father would be the first to inherit him, and only after that would come a brother, and it works out from there. But we see that the father is considered a closer relative than a brother. And in fact, if the father can afford it, it doesn't mention that in the Pasuk at all. The father is not listed in the Pasuk at all. 
The Zelber Shaila Frechtman in Parsha Nachlis. The same question is also asked in regards to the Parsha, which talks about the order of inheritance, who comes first in inheritance. With the Posig Rechendem Seidef in Yerushalayim, with the Posig gives you the list and the order of the relatives that stand in line to inherit. So it says there, Ishki Yamos, if a person will die. <coughs> and he doesn't have a son that can inherit him then you should give his inherit his estate to his daughter and then it goes if he doesn't have a daughter then it should be given to the brother to the brothers of the father in other words his uncles come after his brothers or then it goes to another relative that is more distant than these and over there too it leaves out his father his father should inherit him comes before his brother should inherit him which the father comes before the brother as you mentioned before so why doesn't it mention the father there the answer is given as that Torah wants to talk in, an or, in a way of blessing. In other words, the way a blessed family would live their lives and not by somebody who his son passes away before him. How could a father inherit a son because the son died before the father? Torah doesn't want to talk about this extraordinary, it's like a cursed type of a thing. It's something which is terrible that a father should lose a son. So the Torah talks in the normal way that things ex- are expected to happen. A father dies before his son. A son doesn't die before his father. And that's why it leaves out the father as someone that can inherit the son. The Torah doesn't want to speak in, in a case of misfortune. As the Ben is Meis, that a son died during the lifetime of his father. So that's an answer that is given. But however, there's a problem with this answer because Nois of Lozen, in addition to that, as Eich Dort in Parshanachlus, is nisht in Gansen Galatik. Because even over there in the case of the inheritance, in the question in the inheritance, why the father is not mentioned. So the answer that is given is also not re- very uh, difficult to understand. Because since the Torah there is teaching, the order that is according to Allah who should come first in inheritance so it makes no sense that you should leave out the father because that's not how a person wants, to, wants it to happen that the father should uh, die after the son should be alive when the son is, is, uh, dies so for that reason, because the Torah wants to speak nicely, it's not going to tell you the actual halacha that the father comes before the brother. Especially that it, it, that leaves the possibility that one should err in the uh, in the halacha of his nisht and it would come, it would seem like the father doesn't inherit his son, because the Torah doesn't say that he does. So therefore the Torah is going to allow for such a mistake because it wants to speak in nice terms. That in itself is a difficulty. But in addition to that, in our case, where it talks about who has to be the first one to redeem 
somebody that is sold to a slave, over there it's not talking about a matter of uh, misfortune. In other words, that it's not a misfortune if the father is alive when the son is sold as a slave. It's always a misfortune that a, a Jew gets sold as a slave to a non-Jew. But whether the father is alive or not has, has no bearing on that. So therefore here there is no excuse to leave the father out for that reason, the, the misfortune aspect of it. So by us for sure, for sure the very first one that should have been mentioned, then Dinas the Avis Kedem Lagula should have said that the father comes first in the order of who should be the one to redeem it. So perhaps we can explain it by first exp- uh, introducing that which our sages tell us. As the parshas from their seder, that the parshas in this seder, Bahar, are in an order, in a certain order. What order is that? They indicate they talk, the, the, uh, the descent the descent that can happen to a Yid God forbid what can happen as a result of not keeping the laws of Shvi'is even not directly violating but only something with, which would be considered a semi-violation of the laws of Shvi'is that it could lead to an, a series of events where a person goes further and further down, goes down the slope. What is it talking about? The first parsha in, in Bahar is about Shvi'is, the laws of Shvi'is. Then it starts talking about if somebody will sell something to another person. So, the, the, so it, it indicates that a person now is in a state of poverty, he has to start selling off his things that he owns. Then it goes to talk about selling real estate, his field or a, or a house. Then it talks about selling himself as a slave. Then it goes further, selling his, himself as a slave to a goy. Then it goes even further, selling himself to a, as a slave to an avaydazara itself. In other words, indicating a degradation, a person goes further and further down into poverty. First it goes to selling his movable objects. And of them get them and it goes down one level after another until the ultimate lowest level God forbid that he has to sell himself as a slave to a goy. And even more to the Avaidazara of a foreign family, in other words a Goyish family. Which Shamish that as Rashi says that this is talking about selling himself to a an actual idol, meaning to the um, administration of the idol, that he will be in service to the idol. as it's understood in the simple terms, is this This is not just a descent in his financial state. As it is, that he has to sell all of his assets. That then he has to go even further to sell himself. Not just to a yid, but even to a goy. Nor, but rather, it's not talking just about a financial descent. Nor, as it also 
indicates a an orderly descent in his spiritual state. Because why is that? Because when a yid sells when a yid sells himself as a slave to a guy. So first of all, this is Torah goes against what the Torah tells us. The Torah says you're not allowed to sell yourself to a guy. So here he goes and he sells himself to a guy. Number two, the zamatzivas is git an orta v'gesalkadaitach. That puts the yid into a situation that it could occur to him, as Rashi says, megala Since my my uh, master lives a uh, a free immoral life. Or or he worships idols, he's an idol worshipper, Machal Shabbos, he violates the Shabbos, he's a guy, so he does it. So therefore it could occur to the slave now, Afani Kamaisai, I too am permitted to do it just like he is, even though I'm a Jew, but I'm sold as a slave to the guy who does all this, so maybe I can do it too. So in other words, it puts a person in a spiritual situation that it could occur to him that he's allowed to do all of these things. And that's talking about where he sold himself to a goy. How much more so if he sold himself to the idol itself? When a person is a slave to the idol worshipping, uh, you know, situation, is that heipach mamish from libnei Yisrael he be, it goes against what Hashem says that the Jewish people are slaves to me and here this person sold himself as a slave to an Avedazara so that goes against that too that indicates another very deep descent in a spiritual state status now that we've established that this indicates a great descent spiritually how is it possible that a youth should go to such a low degree until he sells himself to the Avedazara itself. This all begins with It comes from the fact that a Yid tore himself away, disconnected, and he forgot, God forbid, about his Father in Heaven. And therefore, he forgot that there is a, a love that that a son has to his father. And talking over here about the love of the yidin to Hashem, of a yid to Hashem, and the reverence that a yid has to Hashem. And as the pasuk says, Ben of, it's the natural state that a son honors his father. And if I am their father, says Hashem, this is the prophet that speaks in the name of Hashem. It's a natural thing that a son loves his father, honors his father. And if I am their father, where is the honor that they show me? And so Hashem is expressing this idea that I am their father, where is the honor that I, that I deserve from them? So that meaning to say, in other words, how could a person go down so low? Because he's forgotten disconnected from his father in heaven and as Chassidus puts it by Emes Begili, the beginning from Zayn of he has lost or he doesn't have at least in a, in a manifest way 
the revelation of what's called Av, his own father. What is Av in Chassidus? That is a euphemism for Chachma Shebenefesh, the level of Chachma, which is the very highest of the Kaychas Nefesh, of the faculties of the soul. And that, that Chachma of the soul is the connection between the Yid and Hashem. That's where that, the connection begins in Chachma. So he's forgotten about his Chachma and his soul. In other words, he's lost his connect, there's a disconnect between the Yid and Hashem. The Alter Rebbe is Mevay Baruch and Tanya, and as Alter Rebbe explains it at length in Tanya, at the Sipif Avosa Yid Ken Eivrezayna Frotzna Elyon, the reason why a Yid is able to violate the will of Hashem is Vazen Chachma Benefesh. The reason is because his Chachma of his soul, which means the Amunah Bashem, his faith in Hashem, Vazes Hechaf and Das Vasaga the faith which transcends knowledge and understanding there is a faith which transcends uh, intellectual understanding of Hashem's of Hashem and therefore being connected to it Chachma represents that part of faith which transcends knowledge so that level is dormant it's as if it's asleep and therefore, the person doesn't appreciate that by every Aveda that a Yid commits, a Filan, Aveda Kala, even if it's a, what's considered to be one of the light, lighter types of Avedas, Vertan Nifrid, Betachlis Apirud, becomes disconnected, the way the Alter Rebbe puts it, Betachlis Apirud, he becomes absolutely disconnected from the unity, the oneness of Hashem. So he's lost that appreciation that by Evi Aveira he completely disconnects from Hashem because the faith which is connected to Chachmah is dormant if he would appreciate if he would understand if he would get the fact that by Evi Aveira he becomes completely, totally, absolutely disconnected from Hashem no less than if he worshipped Avedazara he would be able to withstand the test that is put before him to commit a sin with the same strength that he would stand up against that he or any just like any other Jew even the the least committed and a, somebody that is a great sinner amongst the Jews even somebody like that, would be willing, would be ready, not willing, but ready to give their life to sanctify Hashem's name, even a, a, a great sinner. So in other words, you, if you thought it was a matter of Avedizara, so then of course you would withstand the test not to violate that sin. And this willingness to go on a serious nefesh doesn't take any thought, it doesn't take any any uh, meditation you have to think it through and make a decision not at all it's an automatic instinctive thing that every yid would be ready to do it would be it is to every yid that it's impossible that I should deny the existence of Hashem and that's why he's willing to give his life for it without a thought without a consideration so if the yid thought that every sin that you commit disconnects you from Hashem in the same way, of course we would be able to withstand the test. 
It's just that it becomes dormant and it falls asleep, so to speak, and you no longer understand and get the fact that every sin does that to you. It disconnects you from Hashem. Therefore, that's why he violates. That's why he was able to commit a sin. And this is all called Av, Chachma. The, the, he forgot about his father in heaven. Av represents Chachma, the connection between the Neshama Beyid and Hashem. So based on this, we can understand the Tam Pnimi, the reason, at least from the inner dimension. Why the father is not mentioned over here in this parsha of who should redeem the son. Unnisht and Parshanachlis also not in the in the uh, parsha where it talks about inheritance. This idea of death in the spiritual sense. Which means that a Russia, even when they're alive, they're also called dead. Or in a more subtle way, it doesn't have to be that uh, that a person is a Russia, but man de nochis medarge, that somebody who descends a level, somebody who loses his status and goes down a level, kari misa, is that's called to him death because he's gone down a level. On that level, it's called death. Nemtzich tefun was has felt the gedenken of Where does it come from? that a person should die, in other words, become removed, at least in, on some level from Hashem, it comes because you forgot about their, the Father in Heaven. The Gilu from Bechinus Chachmash or in the words of Chassidus, the disconnect that happens from Chachma of your soul, Av, which is called the Father. And that is sort of dormant, and therefore you lose the connection to it. And sleep is also considered one-sixtieth of death. So all of these things contribute to the idea that a person has died. That's the idea, spiritually, that a person died. Then by Ya'im is the Zikaran. If he would have had the memory, in other words, it's in his mind. As da is da kvaidi. If the person would remember Hashem and that this is his father in heaven, then he would honor him. This comes from that pasuk where the uh, Hashem complains that they've forgotten to honor me. Then says Meir Bechinus Chachma Shuvin Evish. When the the Chachma of your soul illuminates your soul, is a Chachma Tachaya. Then Chachma brings life. It animates. It would you would become alive in your connection to Hashem. See the Losnish Kei Miser Ruchnis. It doesn't allow for death, spiritual death. Even not that a person should fall to a lower level, even somewhat a lower level, because that too is called death. Because when a person is in touch with the chachma of his nefesh, of his soul, so the avoda is with his whole, with the full power of his faith in Hashem, and that transcends any kind of ups and downs from the perspective of simple faith, true faith, there is no ups and downs. That would, there would be a constant uh, service of Hashem, connection to Hashem, without any descent in level. So that is, if you remember your father, before we start that, so he's already answered the question of why Aviv doesn't appear in the laws of inheritance. Because 
how does a person die because he's forgotten about his father in other words the father is out of the picture that's what the Torah is telling you if a person dies the father is, means that the father is not in the picture otherwise how did he die spiritually speaking at least and therefore it all, can only start from Achiv from the lower levels that's why the father is left out of that story if a person died it means there is no father spiritually speaking and just as as we mentioned before that selling a, per, a person selling himself to a goy is a spiritual descent in addition to a financial descent so the same is true also in the way that he's going to be redeemed from that slavery that which Torah tells us that he shall be redeemed that his relatives must redeem him the Torah instructs there shall be a redemption for him somebody needs to step up and redeem him one of the relatives and even more the words he shall have a redemption is not just a command to the relatives but it can also be seen as an assurance Hashem assures him you will be redeemed that even if the relatives don't find the means or for some reason don't redeem him from his slavery the Torah still gives him an out that when Yovel comes he will be redeemed when the Pasuk the Tam, and the, the Pasuk says the reason why this is so certain and it's so important that he should be redeemed and if not he will be redeemed is because Hashem says concludes this and it is because the Jewish people are slaves to me they are my slaves and as Rashi says my bill of sale I have a, a, an earlier hold on their status of slavery and therefore they can't really sell themselves to somebody else. They already belong to me as slaves. So therefore, ultimately, they must be redeemed or they will be redeemed. Thus, main is what does that mean, at least from the inner dimension? That means that if we talk about fall is the, the descent in spirituality that he fell down to the level where he sold to a, as a slave to a goy or even to an Abedazara that means that he will be released from that lower level that he fell to spiritually <coughs> he will be redeemed from that spiritual descent by Matan Torah's Yed the Yid Gevarna Eved Hashem of Eibik. By Matan Torah, every Yid became a slave to Hashem forever, eternally. An Iloi Atzmi was Kene Kenes Ba'emnish Tsunem. This is a status that Hashem put us onto a high level status that we are His slaves only exclusively to Him, and nobody can take that away from a Yid. Even if a Yid then goes against the will of Hashem, is an Shaykhis Tsur. Ra, his connection to the evil that he has adopted, or in, in the words that he sold himself to idol worship. In other words, he's got involved in in some sort of a negative behavior. It's only a 
extraneous thing to him. It's something that is not really part of him. It's something that was added to who he really is. Something from the outside. It's not who he really is. It's just something that was added on. This evil attached himself to him. But because the essence of a yid the fact that he is a slave in this context what it means is that he is the servant of Hashem can never be changed that's something that you can't undo that Hashem made us our slaves by that can never be undone so anything that changes that status is only something which is external it's not really who we are it doesn't change who we are essentially and therefore without question that he will be redeemed in other words, that his true essence will eventually come back to the surface. The mitzvah zayich and that now we can also understand the shaykhs fun siyim hasedr the connection between the end of the seder bahar to the beginning of the seder bahar. What's there? Vude posig is madgish vaydaber Hashem bahar Sinai. The Torah begins this this parsha with Hashem spoke on Mount Sinai. Thus is said that the fact that this all took place at Har Sinai, that is the introduction to the progression which this seder is now going to take. Because we are coming from Har Sinai, at which time Hashem already put His imprint on us that we are His slaves. We are His slaves. Is a feel them. Gansa said, say that he did Rahman even after the describe the Torah describes that whole order progression of the scent that a, a yid could go through, is Vaday as it ends with he will be redeemed. Why? Because Bahar Sinai, Hashem already put our, his imprint on us by Sinai. Therefore, even though in the next Many psukim it talks about the descent. In the end, because Bahar Sinai, we all became his in Har Sinai. Hey, the mitkem and oich maz bezayin, dem tam pnimi in Pirush Rashi unedad gosha unarichus from Pirush from Rashi. This can also explain why Rashi elaborates so much on this point. Rashi says over there that Eker Mishpachas Ger, which means that he sold himself to the Avedazara itself. So Rashi explains that. He was sold to the Avedazara itself to be in service to the Avedazara, but not that he has made the Avedazara into his God. In other words, not that he sold himself into. He will worship the Avaidazara, only that he will do the work that the Avaidazara needs. Lachtabaitsim, if there's a chopping wood that needs to be done, Lishev Mayim to bring water. He's there to serve on in a peripheral way, not that he makes the, the Avaidazara into his deity. So what's the problem with this Rashi? The Lakhir is Nishma, we have to understand about this Rashi. How does Rashi know that when his, then the Torah describes somebody selling himself to a an Avedazara, how does Rashi know that it mean, doesn't mean that he took the Avedazara as his deity? 
If Rashi assumes this because it's prohibited to take an Avedizara as your own deity. So if that's the reason, it's also prohibited that you shouldn't sell yourself to be do the service around the Avedizara, to serve it in any way. That's too, that too is prohibited. In fact, just selling yourself to a guy is already prohibited. So if it's about the fact that you're not allowed to do it, you're not allowed to do any of those things. So what the, how then does Rashi know that it means only to be in service to the Avedizabra, not to take it as a deity? Nor them, the, the midbavarantar, what Rashi is trying to say here is afilu, as afilu as aid. Even such a yid. Even such a yid that fell to the absolute lowest possible level, God forbid, he's selling himself to an It's still not possible that he should sell himself to an that he should take that as a god. Valdos is a dovashi efshaklal. That's something that is impossible. It's not possible that a yid should, this you know, give up his connection to Hashem. Farum oich edeved nigal because even before he gets redeemed from this situation, is anishna matzavad beem is chasushol nishtod as a karen from novishu b'shemayim. It's not. That's not to say even before he's redeemed. It doesn't mean that it's not in his mind at all that Hashem is his Father in heaven. It is not upgetragnu shloft. It's just that he has. If he's like is distracted, it's just something that he became distracted from that knowledge that Hashem is his Father in heaven. On shloft, and he's asleep on this matter. Not to say that the chachma of his nefesh is no longer exists. Of course, it exists. As his nor as Tanya says, it's asleep, it's dormant, but it's still there. And therefore, when a yid is presented, is challenged, confronted by a by a, a challenge to his faith in Hashem, that kind of a challenge goes down to the it pokes the essence of the soul or what we call now what he's been calling it here is that causes that poke awakens the the pnimius anefesh the chachmash of anefesh and the lostness is all found in the sign it doesn't allow him to fail this kind of a test of course he's not going to reject Hashem. It doesn't even allow for an external expression of being, you know, accepting a false alien God. Either whether in thought or in speech or even to just to do something that would make it seem as if without actually believing any of it he bows down because it just, it's just emotion. What do I care? I don't believe in any of this. I'll just pretend that I do. But he wouldn't even do that. He would even reject that kind of connection which is totally external to him because he doesn't really believe it. 
because they wouldn't do anything which goes against his, his faith in Hashem and therefore Rashi knows it's not possible that a Yid should actually sell himself to accept the Avedah Zorah upon himself because even if he's dormant even if his, his Etzim HaNefesh is the Primis HaNefesh is dormant the fact that he's being challenged to accept a foreign God as his, as his God that in itself would awaken that connection and therefore he would be able to reject it when the far can is zayin, and therefore it's not possible as a yid that a yid should sell himself and accept a god, uh, a foreign god on himself. Even to do it by just going through the motions. The lowest descent was ken zayin by a yid that a yid could fall to. What's the lowest place that a yid could fall to? when the Chochmah of his Nefesh is dormant, even when his Chochmah of his Nefesh is dormant, what's the lowest he could fall to? And there we put some parentheses, Lule Inyan If not for the fact that he has free choice, if you have, because we have free choice, we can even do something, we can choose to do something which goes against our very nature. It's the nature of a Yid to reject Avedah Zorah. If a, per, a yid wants, he could, God forbid, by choice, override that natural natural rejection and accept it anyway. That's possible. But naturally speaking, what's the lowest that a yid could sink to is the lowest a person could a yid could sink to is to be in service to Abayzara to accept it as his God. That's not even possible unless you make the, as he said, unless you make that considered choice to go against what is na- natural to you. And that's how Rashi knows that it must be only the, the, the lowest you can sink to is to serve the Avedah Zobra, not to take it on as a god. And since this uh, the, the, he doesn't remember in other words his memory is asleep on this matter the Chochmah Nefesh is asleep on this matter until so to speak he has lost control of his own destiny he's no longer in control of his destiny he is now enslaved to a master that is a guy even so far as to an Avedah Zorah itself in Azam Matzev is Farem Nish Meglach Tzuzich Alein Goyel when a Yid falls to that level that he has lost control of his destiny he's no longer in control of his destiny a Goy controls his life an Avedah Zorah in other words the people around the Avedah Zorah control his life it's not possible for him to be able to rise from that and redeem himself from that on his own. Be the klal, as the rule is, ein that a person that is locked in a prison cannot get himself out of the prison. You need somebody else to get him out of the prison. And therefore a person, a yid that has sank to such a low degree doesn't have the ability, the wherewithal to be able to redeem himself. He's no longer in control of his own destiny. 
Saying Geulah Muskumen B'derech Yisarus Le'ela, to be redeemed, it has to come from the outside, somebody above him, somebody that is has the ability to control his destiny. Hechaf and Zaymatz are somebody that's on a higher level than his situation. Tochdem was andere was eine nishm shubetzuanal. And it's only through these other people, the ones that are not under the control of whoever his master is. Zainan and Goyal, only when they redeem him, only they are able to redeem him. Only then can he be redeemed if they choose to redeem him. That's why the Torah begins with his brother should redeem him, his uncle should redeem him, his cousin should redeem him, or another relative. It's not in his ability to redeem himself. This, this um, somebody has to come to him from above his station in life and drag him out of that slavery. The Tachlis is over. However, what's the ultimate goal? Nicht as Erzol kesedet afim ankomet to the Yisraelis from under of course, it's not the the Torah is not looking that a yid should be in such a situation that he always needs somebody to drag him out of his tzaras, out of his difficulties. Nor, rather, what is the goal? So zain zain pnimius. The point is that they, because they come in when there is a need, and they help him reveal who he truly is. They reveal within him that yes, you have to remember that you are a slave to Hashem and not to a goyer of the Zara Canal, as we mentioned before. And then when you bring out his own memory, his own essence, his own connection to Hashem, so then you put him in a place where he is no longer able to become sold as a slave to something other than Hashem. Just like it is in what this is talking about a poor person in his spiritual state. Just like we see that what is what is the goal when you have a poor person in a material state? As the best the MSA of what is the best help you can give to a poor person, is in a that you have to put him in a place if you put him on his feet you put him back on his feet and you establish him in a way that he doesn't need anybody's help anymore that's the best thing you can do for him so also with this person the poor person spiritually even though you have to step in and help him at the outset but the goal is to put him back on his feet spiritually that he doesn't need this kind of help anymore in the future this is the reason the inner reason was to see him a pasuk is a siga yada Why the pasuk then goes at the very end says, and if he can afford it on his own, the the Torah concludes he's last, and he can afford it on his own. Why does it say that? Because the tachlis from the geulas craven, the the goal of the uh, relatives redeeming him is that uftu as er alein zolzich kenen geulas and mekayich The purpose is 
that eventually he should be able to stand on his own two feet and be able to redeem himself from this kind of a, a difficulty because you've illuminated the en- inner soul that he has and therefore he now remembers his connection to his father in heaven and therefore he stands on his own two feet he's now connected to Hashem without the need of other people to, in- to step in and interfere or intervene I should say Mahai time is for this reason is the Seder from Gulas Kraven and Ephim from Akarov Karov Kaidim, why the Tata sets it up that the closest relatives come first in their responsibility to redeem him. Bibals a Darfan. Since they need to awaken his inner connection to Hashem and then eventually that it should flow out into his external connection to Hashem as well. So that eventually they put him in a place where he can do his own redemption. He he can manage on his own. The riber, therefore, was the The closer that the relative is to the to the slave, is moving as alspnimis the We understand that his his influence will be much more, much deeper the influence that he exerts on this relative of his will be much deeper the closer he is in the Seyrus Funim Ebed and to be able to awaken him and bring him back to who he is the closer you are the more influence you have and therefore the better you'll be able to accomplish it and that's why the closest relatives comes first because they come first because if they are able they have the best influence on him Zion the Siba Bevsharis of Deri Yedida is Marumus Amudish in them only from the Seder. What is the reason? How does a person get to such a situation where he's so distant from Hashem? What leads to this? What allows for this to happen? That's expressed also, alluded to at the beginning of the Seder. It starts Kisavoyola Aris when you will come to the land of Etz Yisrael. Mitzad dem was idin geyen arainin and edison shabbos because when a yid goes into a, a civilized place, vumen daf zichfirin loida and hagasateba where you have to conduct yourself in a civilized manner, which means you have to work according to the natural process. Sheishanim tizas adecha you have to plan for six years, you have to go through, you have to work and so on the way regular people the world does it. Nijvi and Midbar, and this is different than what happened in the desert when the Yidin were in the desert for 40 years. Where the people were completely removed from any worldly matters. How so? They ate bread. What did they eat? They ate bread from heaven, the man. They drank from the well of Miriam, which was a miraculous well which moved along with them. And they, the kind of clothing that they wore of us, the covered up and that the the clouds that surrounded them, the honor clouds, would uh, launder and press their clothing. God their clothing grew along with them as they, uh, you know, a baby was given clothing or had clothing, and then it grew along with him. Miraculous stuff. Gitos and Orat of the Yerida and you have to go from that situation of complete spiritual being completely surrounded by miraculous life without having any need for any 
natural uh, work and involvement with the world and suddenly you go into a civilized place where you have to do everything naturally that allows for this kind of a descent that's the beginning that uh, gives the possibility for that kind of a descent that's why right at the outset of the Seder the Torah tells us as we before Kisavayu comes that Hashem spoke to Moshe Bahar Sinai you're going into the land of Israel into involvement with the material world but you come with the power of Har Sinai so it's, no, it's a certain thing as Nish Nor that not only will you yourself remain untouched that you will be redeemed that you will also be able to elevate and refine the land which you're going into that you can turn the land of Canaan into a Jewish land and that you turn the land that the land becomes a land that rests for the honor of Hashem, for the sake of Hashem, it functions in service of Hashem. So, in replacement of that which originally there was, there was a Vaidazar in Yisrael. It's the kind of Vaidazar that a Yid is actually able to sell himself, God forbid as the, the, we just finished discussing instead of that it comes to we bring it to a state of which the, the simple meaning of the word is that it's means but Taisus explains that why is it called because in the end it will be uprooted can't last at the end it gets destroyed it gets uprooted so we turn that into that we bring it to that state that it becomes uprooted. As that Neka, the ganze inyufan of the whole concept, the whole idea of Avedizara is completely uprooted, the Adarabah, and to the contrary, the Shavsarashabas Lashem, that the land becomes dedicated to this to a service of Hashem. Menzet Begili Vis Leah Oris and it it becomes clear that the land belongs to Hashem. It's all Hashem, there is no possibility for Avedizara.